everyone. This is Straight Talk Radio with Melissa and Scott. Our very special guest is a talented actor, producer, writer, Ruben Angelo. Ruben, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, Melissa contacted me and asked me if I was interested in joining her into interviewing my future workmate on a movie later on in the, in the, late in the summer. So, Melissa, I'm going to let you uh, take over and... Uh, I'll follow your lead. Awesome. So what I kind of wanted to talk about today was you were sponsoring the Jerome Independent Film Festival. Correct. I sure am here in Arizona. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So there's, um, I'm sure with any other state, there's quite a bit of um, different activities going on around the film industry. This is the first inaugural um, film and music festival for Jerome, Arizona, which is a historic town. It used to be an old mining town, and um, back in the 50s, it kind of went um, wayside a bit with population and it came back through, um, due to tourism. So the organizer of the event is actually used to have a gallery there. She thought it would be perfect because it has a place in her heart, and um, as of last year, she put together all the necessities to bring this to light and approach my company with uh, an opportunity to be a sponsor. And since I was so humbled and I'm excited for it, I jumped right in and decided to be a sponsor. So Rangelo Productions, which is my company, is sponsoring this event. And I believe it's, uh, it's actually from Thursday through Sunday, June 13th through the 16th. And of course, it all has short films, it has long narrative features, anything any major film festival would have. But then on top of that, all these various local bands are also playing various venues throughout the location. Oh, nice. What kind of bands are coming up there? A lot of independent um, rock bands or some folk bands. There's some cover bands. So basically anything that you can think of is going to be there. Right. Awesome. Now, I know that um, it's centered around the famously known... Um, largest ghost town is that correct that is correct there's there's definitely a lot of history as a matter of fact the hotel that i'm staying at was the old sanitarium and in, in uh, according to legend it's um haunted so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing some ghosts well, that should be really interesting <laughs> hey ruben yeah ruben, I, oh, go ahead. I also asked what kind of ghosts <laughs> said, what kind of ghosts <laughs> The awesome kind, Ruben. I think it'll help in my role in feeding on fear. Oh, think- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what short films are going to be uh, at the festival? Um, you know, I don't have the exact schedule, but there is some short films out of Canada. There are short films local. There are short films from, from California. I don't really have the uh, exact titles in front of me, but um, I do know of a few of them that I've seen before. As a matter of fact, this is a little kind of funny. I got a call from a director friend of mine, and you know I've done so many projects to date. Um, one of the, I think it was the fourth project I, I did when I started back in 2010 called Virtual Intervention, and he called to tell me it's showing there. And it's oh, interesting wow. when when you progress in your career because I had a very small part in that and he contacts me and lets me know that I, my film is going to be there and I said which one and he says virtual intervention I'm like well that's not really my film <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm in it, and I'm, I'm thankful I'm in it, but it's, it's more another couple of other actors' films. <laughs> Interesting. Because the reason why I ask you that is because I've gotten a lot of short films recently that I was just wondering if they're playing there. That's why I ask you. So. Yeah, there's you know, inter- well, I'll say internationally and nationally. I actually was a judge in a film festival called Filmstock, and I believe they had over, I want to say, a minimum of 100 submissions. And that's just a short film festival, and they I ended up reviewing as a judge in that film festival over 25 films. Yep, yep, yep. And they were, it really is a very difficult decision to narrow it down to, you know, the key components of, of filmmaking. Right. Um, and so I was very fortunate to go through that process twice, but um, the good news is well, the audience as well as the uh, filmmaker peers agreed with our decision, so that's always good. Yeah, I was a judge for Shriekfest in 2011 for, for short films and feature films. So I know exactly what you're talking about, you know, being a reviewer anyways and then being able to have to really dissect and, and, and which one that you like over that one. It's very challenging, frustrating because, you know, you might have five films that you really like and you have to pick one of those five that's a little bit better. <laughs> and how can you do that? You know what I mean? So I know exactly how you feel. Yeah, and sometimes it's light. I remember for Best Picture, that was definitely the hardest category. Yep. Because even if they're the good films, there's always little weak, some softer sides to each of the films here and there. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, you need to go with the big picture, with all the cinematics, with the sound, with you know just all the typical stuff that you see on the motion picture screen. Right. All right, Mel. Sorry, my thing cut out. No, you didn't. Oh, whatever. Oh, <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Oh, yeah. Yes. I went to say something and it beeped at me. I'm like, what? Stop cussing. I don't know what's going on. I know. <laughs> Skype hates me. <laughs> it does. I always have issues with Skype. But I wanted to talk a little bit about your, your new film, Grief, and your role that you're playing in the movie. Yeah, so Grief... Um, definitely is near and dear to my heart. The film itself, I was approached, um, let me take a step back. Um, in 2011, I created a TV show called Hope, and the pilot was called Life Alone. And I went and, uh, instead of doing it in LA, I chose to do it in the state of Arizona. And I actually went to several different production houses and Thought, you know, I was going to go with one particular production company and decided to go with um, a few people from different production companies. And the director that I chose, his name is Kevin R. Phipps, um, for that particular endeavor, um, had a concept um, brewing in his mind, and that was grief. So after we wrapped the pilot for Hope, he approached me as, um, to do a role in his film, Grief. And initially, I thought to myself, you know, this is a really great concept. It's about the five stages of grief and um, centers on a lead character who ends up um, committing suicide. But it's about how her death has an impact on five close friends around her and how each of them are at a different stage of grief and then how they get past that. Um, the one thing about it, though, is it's it's done in the it's filmed and stylized in the vein of cinematically uh, similar to Beautiful. Um, the artistic sides are similar to Donnie Darko, and the interconnection of stories are similar to Crash. Huh. Oh wow, that should be interesting. 
And it's not, but it's also not a warm and fluffy film. Right. <laughs> it's, very, it's very gritty and very honest. So if people are thinking that it's, it's just a happy-go-lucky film, it's not. It's very, it's very honest, and it, and it covers a whole multitude of age ranges and emotional states. And I and think... So, go ahead. I just think it's going to be a good film because there's so much news out there about people committing suicide that it will also show the point of view of what happens with the consequences of you trying or actually doing it. Yeah, well, the lead character, Carrie, um, played by Colleen Hartnett, is definitely one that people can relate to. It it actually shows you the reason why, because typically suicide, I believe, I mean, sometimes is a mental state. Not all the time, but sometimes it's, it's cause and effect. Right. So in this particular instance, it's the effect of something that happens to her in the film. Um, my character, Alex, is a character that is physically abused as a child and put into foster care, and he is uh, has burns across his face, and he is someone that stands out in society and not in a good way, and she's the only person in his life who actually gives him time of day, so to speak. So her death has a huge impact on him, and, uh, you know, and so he's trying to move on from that. Now, uh, I got a film that I'm, the title alone is probably interesting, but the movie called Deadly Motives, uh, directed mm-hmm. by Ivan Carmona. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Ivan Carmona, correct. Now, what can you uh, talk about this film? What are you allowed to talk about? Yeah, so Deadly Motives started out as a, as a feature film endeavor and then um, went into the side of a web series. And Deadly Motives, I play a character by the name of Blake, and Blake is, you know, just your average troublemaker. He is, uh, his brother is a good guy, his brother's in the armed forces, and Blake is trying to make his own way in the world, and throughout the duration, he just tries to outdo his brother in uh, um, sometimes not the best fashion. And so there's, what I can say is a lot of the film, it's not, characters not who they appear to be. And uh, with Blake, it was definitely fun playing with him. Playing him. We, I mean, I had, we had guns, knives, um, a lot of fight choreography, that sort of stuff going on. And with Blake, I think the thing I enjoyed the most was it was an opportunity to play a role that was so almost um, psychotic in a way. Oh. Um, so that really allowed me to stretch my wings as an actor and... I think that when people see it, when it goes to market uh, on the web or wherever the producer decide to take it, I think people will enjoy that as well. Excellent. Yeah, because I'm kind of interested in seeing that one myself. Now, you also have a short a short film in 2011. You play a character of Sid. Now, the title alone is kind of reminds me of the one back in the 80s, but I'm sure it's the same story, but Soul Man, the movie... Yeah, Soul Man the movie. Now that's an interesting story there. So early on in my career, I was cast usually as the as the best friend, the guy next door, the nice guy, that sort of stuff. And after a while, you know, I consider myself a very serious actor, and I decided that I wanted to take on roles that were a bit more challenging and prove to people that I can do other roles. So with Soul Man, the character, I read the the you know, the posting for the casting, and it stated that it was a very abusive or abuser of, of character, 
And I said, you know what, I'm going to go and do it and just show show them what I got. So went and did the audition, and about a week later, I get a call from the casting person for the callback. Do the callback that very same night. I get I go so I was offered the role. So um, afterwards, I come to find out from the other another actor on set um, that the director had a conversation with with her and said that you know the reason he cast me not it wasn't because I was had the best look for the role but because I was the best actor for the role so that was a huge compliment for me because I do want to change perspectives and I do want people to know that although you have a physical sort of ideal in mind that there are actors who can break barriers excellent you know that that's one thing that (laughs) <laughs> oh brother, Ruben, that you got me. Funny. You got me caught there for a minute. But yeah, but to, to hear that it boosts your confidence. That's the word. It boosts your confidence. Like, hey, I like to. A lot of actors like to uh, expand their their uh, roles. You know, what I mean, and some actors are happy to play the creepy guy, the weirdo guy, the the killer guy, and you know. But that's an honor, you know, Ruben, to be able to be able to do certain types of roles because they're not easy you know I, I say this all the time you know people who watch movies thinks it looks easy to act you know it's one thing to memorize a script it's another to be able to perform your character and that's a lot of people have to understand that just because you or me or anybody might make it look easy not that mm-hmm. I did any big roles yet but it's really not it takes a lot of heart sweat you know, it just, it's not easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's definitely a, a craft in itself. And I, with me, it's, I, I, acting has always been a part of my life from the minute that I think I was born um, in entertainment. So for me, it's great to be able to transition to kind of escape and get away and, and be and do something different in, in your career field and I think with any of these roles I look at it as a challenge I don't want stuff that's mundane I don't want to keep doing stuff that's been done before and I think a lot of the directors that I've worked with to date have noticed that and they realize that I want a challenge um, recently uh, over the last two years there's there's been several directors who want to work with me again and it's not to give me the same role but because they want to give, in, give me an even bigger challenge right so right. that's always a great thing, um, and out of my entire resume of close to 30 films, out of that, there's only been, I think, two that, have, that I've done several, a couple of projects for. Every, every, every other director is a completely different director. What has been your most challenging role so far that you've done? I would have to say, um, wow, that's a very good question. Uh, I, I want to say... <laughs> That Alex is probably going to be my most challenging, but um, my role in Hope and the TV pilot was um, fairly difficult um, emotionally because that character and um, Rad is definitely going through another traumatic experience, um, and I don't want to give away too much of that. But right. he's definitely going through a traumatic experience, and he has to basically go into society, recreate himself in society to kind of mask what what happened and what he witnessed. So that role so far is definitely a challenging emotionally and at multiple different levels because not only was I acting as one character, but then I kind of switched gears and pretend that everything was all right, and it wasn't. So um, from that, and then also 
dealing with each of the various components or climactic changes in the environment, too, was a little bit difficult. Physically, I would say that's probably one of the most difficult, too. I actually had several fight scenes, choreographed fight scenes, and a hanging scene as well. And a lot of people don't understand that that's hard in itself as well, the choreography for a movie as well. Definitely, and somewhat scary. You have to do it just right, especially if you are physically making contact. Right. I had a, we were doing, for that particular movie, for example, we were doing, I had to flip a guy over. And so you have to roll them a certain way over your back. And I wasn't trained. At least my co-actor had some fight training. So we had the stunt person there and the other actor. Well, there's a little accident that happened while we were rehearsing right before we were going to shoot. Wow. Um, I flipped him over. Uh, well, one of the times I flipped him over, he lost the air out of his lungs. Uh, another time I flipped him over and his jacket scratched my face. Oh, wow. So it wasn't like a bloody scratch, but it was a raised scratch. So, of course, then you have to take all the other stuff into consideration of uh, can we continue, can the makeup artist cover this up, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you do have to be cautious of several different things when you are filming on set with choreography. Nice. Now, how, how did you get involved into acting and what inspired you? I, like I said, I've always liked entertainment, and I started out when I was, literally, everyone says this, but it's solely true, I was five years old, and I honestly, acting was not on my radar, singing was on my radar. I remember singing in front of, uh, I think, about at least 100 to 200 people next to a piano at five years old, I was in kindergarten, and just thinking I was going to do that the rest of my life, of course, when men go through certain ages, their voice changes, and I took... I took drama and uh, went after I basically that first you know class of drama I loved it and went and got an agent and started auditioning for commercials almost immediately and I just never left I, I've always just been there coming on stage or I've done stage work as well but being on stage or being on set is like coming home to me so I don't know what it'd be like to not be in love with it or to or to have that feeling you know within myself so um what inspired that, I have no idea. It just was something that I've always been, um, you know, attracted to. Yeah. But as far as what what drives what drives it, um, I would I just know for a fact that I'm just looking for the next great role, and I really want to inspire the audiences. I want them to watch my performances and be moved and and cry or laugh or or be there with me or when I leave the the theater for them to come up and say. Wow, I really, I really feel for you. I'm so sorry. Or, oh my God, that was so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, I'm not, I'm not in it. As a matter of fact, you can ask any anyone that knows me. I'm not. Although it sometimes comes with this business, I'm not in it for so the world can know who I am. I'm just in it for the respect right. of of what I do. And uh, of course, I have to pay my bills. So if I can at least have a little bit of money to pay my bills, I'll definitely do that too. <laughs> Scott, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just listening. Oh, oh, okay. But there is a film that I want to ask you about, um, only because um, it's not yet made. It's Feed on Fear in 2014, uh, Ray Wade, um, director Anthony Cagliano. And I just want to ask you, how did you come across um, being involved in this film? 
if you can say. That's a, that's a really a great story, and I actually really admire the filmmakers for feeding on fear. Ray um, Wade actually um, is the producer, uh-huh. and he had been following my career somewhat, unbeknownst to me. Wow. <laughs> And so one day he Facebook friend requested me, and then we just started chatting here and there. And he said, um, I, I think I've sent a post about, I was looking for a different project, a national project, somewhere else. And uh, he sent me a private message letting me know that he had a project coming up. And he was very interested in me considering being one of the cast members. Wow. And... I then said, okay, you know, I'm open to any any scripts and that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly busy, but if it's something I like, I'll, I definitely jump in feet first and do it. And so he sent me the script. I definitely love the concept. I love the kinship to some of the films that he referred to. Um, and, you know, that was an old classic. Not I wouldn't say old and classic, but I would say classic. Um, scary movies or horror films or cult following films. Right is what first came to mind when I first read the script. And I thought to myself, you know, if this is done the right way, this will definitely make its mark, and then some. And so, after I read the script, I told myself, there's no way that I I can't, I can say no to this. Um, I said, so, I'm in, um, you know, if, if, you know, when you start filming, so that's how it began. And then since then, of course, I then read about the rest of the cast that was selected, and I think that a lot of the people will be pleasantly surprised at all the talent with all the independent film actor pool that they've gotten for the film. Right. Yeah, because when, when Ray sent me the script, um, being a horror reviewer and seeing movies upon movies upon movies, I was reading the script, and I, I exactly agree with you. This movie has potential of being mm-hmm. an iconic movie 20 years from now, if it's done right, which I know with Ray Wade, it's going to be done right. You know yeah, what I mean? And, I'm just, and, as a, and that's a, the funny thing, because I think, just like you do with multiple hats, I think first with my acting hat and then my producer hat. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm... I'm you know, trying to run the show for anybody by any, any reason, but at the end of the day, I do ask questions like, well, who's, this, who's the cinematographer and who's special effects team and um, that sort of stuff, because when I see potential in a project and it just falls short, it saddens me. And I think with Ray and all the rest of the folks that are tied with Anthony and, um, and of course, the, the fact that they have um, those two guys involved, I think that it'll, it should be a really great project. And I'm just excited to be on set with everyone and playing the character that I'm playing because for a change, when it comes to a scary film, I don't die. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, then I get to interview you after you're done. Yay. <laughs> Because yeah. I'll yeah. be on set, too. I'll be up there for a week. Because um, I'm kind of helping out with doing interviews during filming. Okay. So I can't wait to interview you again and and discuss how your character fits in with everything. And as a matter of fact, I would also recommend that you, you just wholeheartedly say, you know, I think that with that Corey Riggs character, I think a part two is in order. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I just joke about that. I, I'm one of those actors. I'm I'm fairly outgoing. I was raised, you know, in a small town environment. Um, actually, I was raised in Tucson, but growing up, my parents raised in smaller towns. So we've always shared that. You know, I'm just a free loving, easygoing guy, and I think I'll always maintain that. So I'm I'm a pretty I'm I'm a straight shooter when it comes to making just kind of joking requests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I- as far as Ray Wade, um, it's kind of funny how we, we talked on the phone, but we never met. And uh, I guess back last June, um, he met me like halfway in Pennsylvania. He's in Pittsburgh area, and I'm in the Lancaster area. So we, we rode together up to Long Island, New York, to shoot a scene for Dakota, uh, the bar scene. And it's amazing talking to somebody on the phone and be able to ride in the vehicle and be able to know each other and yet you know each other's likes and dislikes and that's pretty much how I got involved with Feeding the Fear is because he was able to see what I can do in Dakota so the character that I have is basically from what I heard is written just for me and my my character wise so Ray is a a damn good friend a damn nice guy and and I'm going to do my damnedest to uh, put forth my my role in the movie so it's kind of a family thing you know it's you you help one person and you help someone else it's how the industry should be and you'd be surprised how more successful you'd be if you're willing to share you know what i mean yeah definitely i think people that are are true to who they are and they are definitely just want to make a good uh, project and don't have any selfish intentions should go far yep I think with Ray, you never get that impression from him, um, or nor from any so far any of the feeding on fear cast that I've come into contact with either. Um, same, same with yourself, Scott. You seem like a really nice person, and those are the people I surround myself with um, as a production and a production house as well. So as an actor uh, and going on to set, not having a part of my production, I'm always I'm somewhat apprehensive. I'm like, okay, is this going to be good? and then you get there and usually it is so that's always a saving grace so I'm making some good decisions somehow (laughs) excellent yeah I'm looking forward to meeting you Uh, that'd be pretty interesting so it's going to be fun I mean uh, hopefully it it works out to a certain date you know and uh, either way it's going to get done it's just a matter of when yeah definitely I'm definitely looking forward to that and then I mean after that I think I'm booked through 2014 wow with other projects that are being done, there's actually a true events film um, that I'm at- attached to about World War Two. Nice. Oh wow. That's being done. It's called Old Six Six Six, and it's based on uh, a B-52 bomber that actually was in a dogfight with 15 or 16 um, um, Japanese planes, and actually made it through. And um, I think six of them. There's 12 people on board. Six of them died. I'd be, I would be playing the um, a, a character who they thought was dead when he got pulled off the plane, but actually survived, and he was the lead pilot on the plane. Wow. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So I'll be doing that, and uh, it's really great. The production team, asked, actually, from the onset, they brought me on board for that because they also wanted similar features to the actual characters, the real, the real people. Um, and then, of course, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I also did a film called Actor Documentary, and that was at Cannes recently, and I play the lead animated character in that. 
Nice. And, and so that's good. And then um, the last film that I'm doing this year, which I'm thoroughly excited for, I think it's going to be right after, as a matter of fact, feeding on fear, depending on how the timing works out with productions. Uh, it's called Euphorium Genesis, and that's directed by Corey Rowe. But that film, I think you guys will like a lot. It takes place in the year 2075. Wow. And it's uh, it's about Earth and overpopulation. And, of course, when people are born with anomalies, um, society doesn't want to be part of that, so they reject um, those those children. And so what happens is the lead character, her name is Kylie, and the story follows her because she doesn't want to get rid of her child. Ah. So it's kind of an action sequence and I play um, well not yet play I've actually been approached so I've signed my letter of intent to play a character by the name of Adam so I'm fairly looking forward to that as well and um, like I said when Grief comes out I think it's been such an honor working with Kevin Phipps and then several LA actors um, as a matter of fact I think you guys may know one of the actors in Grief um, uh, Gabrielle Stone is, is, is one of the actors and she's Dee Wallace's daughter Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. D. Wallace. Love D. Wallace. Yep. <laughs> We're good friends. You know, yep. As a matter of fact, we D. was was um, asked to be a part of grief, but her schedule she has schedule conflicts. Okay. So it was going to be her and her daughter were both going to be in grief originally. Yeah, good old D. Yeah, I, I met D. three years in a row, and and she is such a sweetheart. So uh, yes, I can imagine her daughter's the same way. Oh, yeah, very sweet, very professional. You know, it's interesting because I have a place in L.A., so it's always nice to come into contact with great people. And I think I've been fortunate from that perspective as well as that uh, I haven't met any bad souls yet. And if I have, maybe they kind of clip, they, they stay out of my way or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there's that good guy right there. We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, put anything bad on him. I don't know. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Ruben, you seem like a really cool dude, and I'm really, really looking anxious. Let me split it around. I'm really anxious to uh, <laughs> meet you later on on set, and it's going to be a fun time, I think. Yeah, it should be, and, uh, and also be on the lookout because I'm going. I'm finalizing a music single as well that I'll be releasing for the soundtrack of Grief. Oh, nice. Wow. And it's called Tomorrow, so that will be um, be out soon too. Excellent. Hello. We should um, talk later and see if we can get it to play on one of my uh, radio shows that I do. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh oh. Listen. Did you fall off? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we can hear you oh, now. Oh goodness sake! <laughs> Stop cussing. <laughs> Well, I'm telling you, it does not like me. Ruben, I, I, I put in a cussing thing in her microphone. Every time she cusses, it cuts her out. She don't know it yet. <laughs> that would, it'd be nice if you had a natural a bleeper. <laughs> I need one of those buttons. <laughs> well, if you had a natural bleeper on like your, your head headset, it'd just do it itself. That'd be yeah. funny. <laughs> Guys, well, you guys, you guys seem really great. Is there anything else you'd like to know? I mean, I, I know I've spoken a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to know um, the website to um, the Jerome Independent Film Festival where people can look that up at. Sure, that's um, www.jeromefilmfestival.com. And then also, is there a Twitter account people could follow you, or a Facebook account for a fan page? 
Yeah, it's uh, Ruben Angelo at twitter.com would be, and then also I have a, a Facebook page, which is simply actor Ruben Angelo as well. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to thank you for coming on with me and Scott today. I had a really great time talking with you. I actually enjoyed it thoroughly. I didn't know what to expect, and I will honestly say you were my first radio online interview. So, oh, awesome! <laughs> we need to do it again then. I know. So, who knows? Who knows what we can expect from here on out? You know, but hopefully this one went well. <laughs> yes, I enjoyed the interview very much, and I just wanted to thank you again for coming on. Well, thank you too, and Scott. I look forward to seeing you on set. Yep. Thanks, Ribbon. You're a great guy. Nice nice chat, and uh, really appreciate your time. Cool. Thank you. Take care. You too.